Happy Tuesday! Why, hello everyone! My goodness, it's already October, and uh, if you'll believe it, that means it's autumn, and we're enjoying cooler temperatures, and I bet a lot of people are too. Yes. Yeah, we, uh, we've had open windows, and billowy breezes, and... That's kind of nice. Yeah, we just came through the beautiful season of Sukkot and just the fall feast, and uh, it was just really a sweet time. And I think looked a little different in some ways, and not because you know we always think different. We can tend to think different is bad. It's not. It's it's the way he's drawing us to who he wants to be in our life right now. And so we, we got just, it was like a combination of experiences um, where we got to experience the feast in, in different ways. And uh, that was amazing. So It was, you know, and it, in his heart during this Sukkot, it was clear that he was establishing our tabernacle with him so that, Wherever we were, whether we were outside or inside or traveling or stationary, wherever we were, we were tab- our tabernacle was with him. And uh, his presence was so thick during the Sukkot and uh, glorious. Just a precious time with him and so valuable. We know that, that it was a time of intimacy it was a time of seed, and there was so much that he was sowing into us and revealing that had been sown into us. And so we know that the harvest that is to come over this next year from this Sukkot is going to be for the history books in heaven that will be read in eternity. So what a glorious time. Mm-hmm. that we had in Sukkot this last week. So for those of you who got to participate in the Feast of Tabernacles, yay, and we hope you did lots and lots of feasting. Yes. We're all foodies around here. So. <laughs> we are foodies That's around right. Oh, you guys, we had a potluck Shabbat on Friday night, and you just don't even know. It was beyond. Oh, so good. It was so good. I mean, every we, dish. We knew. We knew that these people could cook. Yeah, we're not... This isn't a surprise. It's like, oh, yeah. you can cook? No, we knew they could cook. <laughs> but they, 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 you know, they brought out their best game. Yeah, it was like holiday food. It was just, what did yeah. you just make? And Beyond. Yeah, and, and I do have to do this one. Like, everything was amazing. Yes, it was. But I do have to do this one commendation, just publicly. And that is the whistle made this pot roast on the get so he camped because anyone can camp during uh Sukkot and we don't generally camp not necessarily campers so um but we uh <laughs> whistle did he and some others camped uh, but he was there I think the whole time uh, the whole week and he anyway he got creative with his campfire cooking and he made this pot roast that, like, I'm not kidding you, I went back in for seconds because I just felt obligated because the food was so good and it was a feast, not a fast. I felt obligated to hurt myself with 
how much I ate. And so I go into the kitchen and I'm not going to lie, I was hoping to get just a scrap more of that pot roast because it was the best pot roast I ever had. And, I mean, people were actually just in there getting the juice from it. There was no pot roast left, but they were just getting the juice that was left in the bowl. So, You know, and I, I, <laughs> I think that, that it was sort of unanimous on the pot roast. And, and my commendation is going to go towards Kat. Oh. For her Sukkot oh, challah bread, my goodness, which was not braided, it was the spiral. Yes, and um, we all took our little piece of bread and we went through communion and we took our first bite, and you could hear the sniffling of people <laughs> crying <laughs> around true. the room because the, it oh. was so good that pe- that people actually had to respond, and it was a like a physical response, the emotional, of course, yes. but there was a physical response to the quality of that bread. That, that when that every bite went in, you could you could feel it as much as you heard it. No, it was yeah, it was other than Beyond. I mean, it was like if you're trying to find how to describe holy. Yes, like that moment was it because it was just like this totally like cat always makes the hollow bread for BPSO, and this was the first night of Sukkot, and we did. ICU and BPSO. And so she had heard me say something about that during the fall feast, the challah bread is in a spiral instead of the braid. So she determined she was going to make that. So she'd never made this particular type of challah bread. And it was like, it was just, we were silenced. Like we were silenced. It was just like, and then Iggy's behind me, and she's like, well, that was like just eating a piece of heaven. And exactly. It I really mean, was. yeah. And it was, you know, everybody, we have a group that's willing to clean up after we do things. But there was like, usually the kids are kind of lined up, like, is there any bread left? You know, at BPSO. But the adults were like almost elbowing the kids out of the way. Like, do you need help cleaning up? Which meant, Finishing the bread. It was very popular. It was. And holy. It was very holy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, this is a a lighthearted beginning, but um, there is something that uh, we just want to encourage everyone as as we move on. There's been a few uh, things that are really, really heavy on Papa's heart right now. And I want to start by just encouraging everyone to beware of smoke screens and um, diversions way for that the kingdom of selfishness and the kingdom of me is trying to keep our focus away from the heart of God right now and on things that on the surface level appear to be very important. But, um, but, but what is God feeling right now? What is on his heart? And, um, and I'll tell you, the thing that Papa's really highlighted to me is just to encourage all of us to be praying right now for the people in Indonesia and um, the situation with the 7.5 earthquake that took place and the resulting tsunami is absolutely horrific and it is being buried right now. Papa, we don't look at the news, but but because we, um, we do have certain apps on our phone that... that alert us when there are certain conditions that take place over the earth. Papa had us install those, that uh, we have been aware of that. And so because of that, 
um, Papa has led us to do a couple of news searches, and it is shocking how this story is sort of being uh, underplayed in the news, especially in the United States. But um, the situation is very dire in Indonesia right now. And uh, while the um, death toll is has tripled in Palu, it's like 1,200 as of this post. Today is Tuesday. But... Um, but in the other regions that are closer to the epicenter, uh, where 1.4 million people reside, uh, they've not gotten, really hardly any rescuers have gotten there because the roads are blocked. And so we just, we just beg all of you who are listening to be praying for these people. Uh, the, the number of, of, of people who may have died in this uh, could be catastrophically high. We just don't know the numbers, and uh, and so we're praying that that Papa's will occurred, and that that there was a protection that took place, even as we begin dismantling some of the roots behind this. So we just encourage everyone to be aware of that, and uh, and also the situation with hurricane, uh, the hurricanes in uh, the Pacific, mm-hmm. also very devastating in Japan right now. Um, as they are facing, I think, their fourth uh, Category X, you know, Category 1 through through 5 hurricane or typhoon, as, as they would refer to it, um, here in, in the last few months, in, in just unbelievable. Also here in the United States, Hurricane Florence uh, did cause a significant amount of damage in the Carolinas. And so we're just praying for people around the world who are in in very difficult situations right now. Yeah, it's interesting just as Sukkot, I think, is so much about home, where we dwell and those temporary dwellings. Um, and, and really a reminder to us of how um, insecure any dwelling is without Him, you know. And so I feel like He's just speaking of home and uh, leading people to the fullness of home and Him as the source of what home really is. Yeah, it, uh, and that's so true right now because uh, in, in Indonesia, one of the, the things that I'm just learning about is called liquefaction, and it's where the soil from an earthquake uh, turns to liquid. Mm. And, uh, and so, you, you know, if you build your house on the rock... Yeah. You know, it's not going anywhere. And um, many of these homes, even even with concrete, they were built on, on sand. And uh, it was hard, compact ground. But the earthquake uh, actually liquefied, or it's called liquefaction, the, the soil. And mm-hmm. entire neighborhoods of, yeah. of thousands of homes... Uh, were swallowed up in the earth, and mm-hmm. this is just this is just staggering in scope. And so it it is a, a it is a story about building your house on the rock, but it's also a story of compassion. Yeah, and a lot of people who do not know uh, the name of Jesus that we know, and and how uh, that that is just a. That is, as Paul would say, a scheme of evil. And so we, we as maturing sons and daughters of God, 
We want to love those people and we want to be the ones who spiritually pray and dismantle all of the things that would bring more harm like this. So very heavy on our hearts. We're celebrating the beauty and the glory of Sukkot. What a picture it is of how homes are um, being, being shaken right now. And so we're grateful to Papa to be able to be his rescue in a time yeah, like this. Yeah, and we're really aching for those who don't know him as home yet. And, and really uh, just aware of our part in that and, and the, the revelation of what home truly is and, and how people can find that no matter what their need or their means. Home is there and available with him as the source. So. Amen. Mm. Um, so we, uh, you know, we've gotten to have some amazing experiences, and I know um, we had something happen on Friday. It was, it was just a, a really sweet Sukkot moment. It was like being inside a sukkah, though it, we weren't. We were um, actually at the corner, which is a sukkah of sorts, but we we were invited by someone to um, to just receive. I guess is the best way to say it, and um, and we really so felt Papa's heart in it, and um, to to just get to enter into something that was in someone's heart, and it just was a lovely just a lovely moment um, of time for us. And we were given to in a way that I think we could say um, we hadn't experienced in that way. Um, Because I think um, we were so aware of what it cost the giver, the givers to bless us in that way. Um, because it was a very ta- it was very tangible it was a very physical giving and um so we were just undone for for quite a while afterwards and we we actually just stayed there at the corner for a bit just really absorbing the fullness of of this response that someone had um to something the Lord said to them for them and, and for us and just this way we got to see each other and again I just the magnitude of the cost to them just wrecked me. I mean it really did and I um there was just this sweet tending that it was just lovely and so in it we did get to do communion together and um it was a really sweet time, and, and Pa ultimately was asked to um, to lead us into communion. And there was just something, I mean, I can say this is an exaggeration, or, you know, I'm going to say this again next week. The, the things that flowed, um, that really that he said that were just such, like I knew he was so connected. To Papa, so the way he expressed this communion, I'd never heard anything like it. And it, like it, later when we were just alone talking, I was like, "That was 
the most powerful communion experience I've ever had. And it was just four people together, you know, and and I felt like there was um, something just of great import to it um, in the way we experienced it, but just in as we've been pursuing the fullness of his heart for communion, that there was something that mattered in it for more than just us there. Yes, so um, one of the things that Papa spoke as we were doing communion was that when we eat the elements, when we eat the bread, which is his body, and drink the wine, which is his blood, that that there is something very, um, there's something much deeper to that than, than we've known before. That when we, uh, when we eat his body and we remember that the church is his body, that the people are his body, and each one of us is a part of that, that there is something very one flesh about eating the body, eating the the church and in that we're we're becoming the fullness of that and it's such a huge expression of one flesh of us entering into that place of of never beginning and never ending where the breath that God blew upon us when we were formed in our mother's womb that that breath is eternal and and so we have access to eternal life if we will just choose, you know, because God's not going to force it upon us. We get the choice of whether or not we're going to receive that breath of eternal life or not and the fullness of that inheritance. And so what he said about that and, and how we have access to that really left us both undone for a while because he was saying, when you eat these, you have actually... Uh, expressed this never-beginning, never-ending covenant. And for those who choose the the fullness of that covenant from servant to friend, friend to child, and child to, to bride, we are choosing that, that all that Jesus is that we are being invited to complete, we are literally completing. And so when we drank that wine, which is his blood, uh, it it almost took us down because Papa reminded us that um, the the soul of a person is in the blood, mm-hmm. and uh, it's Leviticus seventeen eleven. The soul of a person is in the blood, and that when we drink the wine, when we drink the the blood of Jesus, we are receiving His soul which means that, that we actually have, and not just in the symbolism, it's just more than symbolism, this mm-hmm. is covenant. It's covenant. And we have access to his memories. We have yeah. access to his mind. We have access to the emotions that Jesus felt when he was on earth and the emotions he's feeling now. And, and his ability to choose. You just think about the power. We could spend so much time on that. The, the ability that Jesus had to choose selflessness, to choose love, because he was, uh, he was, he was uh, a human being born of Mary, but with the seed of the Father through the Holy Spirit. And so just understanding what we have access to. 
And remember, it was, it was what Jesus said. He said, do this in remembrance of mm-hmm. me. And remembrance is our memory. It's, it's his memory. So not only are we saying, you know, okay, we remember what Jesus has done for us. But when we eat that bread, when we eat his body, when we drink that wine, which is his blood, we actually have access to his soul. So in remembrance of him is so much more than just remembering what he did and what we've been told. Mm -hmm. But it's actually experiencing him because his soul is being made one with us. And so our inheritance of Jesus through the betrothal covenant is so much more than just remembering what he did 2,000 years ago, which we didn't experience. But when we receive his bread, when we receive his body, when we receive his blood through that wine, we actually are experiencing him. And this is the mature access that we have in communion now is, is literally receiving him, his body, his mind, his will, and his emotions now. Yeah, and in that moment of that that very just physical act of communion, the way Pod prayed it was we are we're at this moment we are communing with Christ's thoughts and we are communing with his choices. We're communing with his will, like those same things he faced where he he got to choose the Father or not and um he was man in those moments and and I just felt like we were just consuming the very marrow of every moment of Christ in it and it's like wait I can commune with his very thoughts like what he thought then but what he thinks now you know what he's thinking now and um I can commune with his choices like I can feast with him about those choices knowing what they cost him knowing Uh, the wrestle that the enemy tried to create for him, but the choice that he ultimately made and makes. And yeah, it just, it just was astounding. It just, I don't know. It was, you know, it was just the sacred space. That's all. It was just the sacred space of time that, uh, that affected me, you know, forever. And I hope, I hope, you know, it's very different probably than us in that moment receiving the elements and and having this deeper understanding but i hope it it will transfer to you as you um continue as we are more deeply into communion and what that means to him and that you probably had some of your own experiences as well we'd love to hear those um but it just i think it it continued with me um still in the next days, as we were going through, there was something that had been kind of stirring in me and and just how how we can be communion to each other in a greater way, how we can draw each other to that space, you know, that sacred space of communion, which isn't always going to be with bread and wine. Uh, many times it will be, but but there's a more to it, and that's, that's why he's laid it on the table before us to experience and explore with him and so I just um I was thinking about how um and I know we felt it just different things we've walked through over the past 
bit of time and how um, he hasn't drawn us away from the fellowship that we're in, from the community, the communion that we're part of. But there has been this act of communion where he's drawn us to him in such a way where we know he's our only source. You know, he is the source of everything. And so in that, he's drawing us away from the things that could be sources other than him. And it's it's been a real uh, just growing time in that, you know, each time we see, oh, you, you drew me away from that so I could return to you. And how uh, persistently he's doing that right now. Because like Pa was talking about at the beginning, there's so many distractions. There's so many other things to put our breath to. Um, and thinking about even just that word anxiety in Hebrew. And when Jesus said to Mary, you're anxious about many things. What he was saying was anxiety in Hebrew means to blow your breath in many directions. So what he was saying was you're giving life to so many things instead of finding what I have for you to live for. Because we have the breath of God in us. If we blow on it, we're resurrecting it. There's going to be life to it. And we want to really know we're bringing life to something he wants to live something he wants to live in us. And so these times have been very poignant and powerful um, when we've seen, oh, man, I was blowing air, you know, at a lot of different things instead of seeing where my ruah, my breath, could really bring life to and really discovering that for each other. And so I've kind of watched and seen as people in our uh, communion that we are so privileged to get to be connected with have needed to be drawn to the source and away from anything that would try to answer for them what only he can answer. And sometimes when that's happening, it can feel like someone's drawing away from you. And there can be hurt or offense or that kind of thing instead of that invitation to the four covenants to get to um, experience communion with someone in a different way where maybe they're not able to be as present. They're still with you. They're still among you, but, you know, maybe there's things they can't attend as much Um, and that kind of thing. And how do we tend to each other in those moments without offense, without defense, without, you know, well, they did that because we start defending ourselves or we we uh, determine why they did that instead of entering into that communion. Because so often we can think of hospitality as when we invite someone to us, you know, and we're super good at that, you know. Um, but Jesus, and we have a chapter in the, um, I think it'll be in this, the book that's not out yet, but so it's in the audio. I think it was called Tables. But it just, we went through the book of Luke and all the times Jesus was at a table with someone and how many times he went to someone's table. You know, he didn't just set a table, he went to someone's table and experienced what they were experiencing. And how 
um, we can do that in prayer for each other. We can actually go to each other's table and and let the Lord show us what is set before them, which can be what they're walking through right now. You know, and so often we can, if we don't have the information about it, we don't enter into it or we assume we weren't told because this, this, and this. But it could just be that those people were so drawn to him being the source that they didn't get to say everything. And in a community that communes, we get to receive that part of the feast from him and then share it with each other in a different way. So there's times we may see somebody and we can ask, what's the table that's set before them? What are they actually invited to walk through right now that maybe we didn't know or we didn't understand or we've never been through, but man, we want to covenant with them for this, which is what communion does is I'm going to be in covenant with you. I'm going to share this, you know, with you. And so making sure that we're not just waiting for people to come to us, but we're actually part of his pursuit in those covenants. So, you know, asking again, what's precious to you for them right now? And how can I be supporting them and encouraging them and lifting their arms up and actually enabling them, actually helping them be placed, you know, fully at the table because I'm not, you know, kind of needing them to reassure me or reinforce me, but I actually get to be an encouragement for them right now and how we can walk through the four covenants with someone. Uh, Even if there's not as much dialogue, there's always communion. And we get to do that when we go to someone on behalf of another person. And then we even set the table. Oh, this is the table that's set before them. Hey, here's this prayer I prayed. This is what he said. And we put that dish on the table and they, they get to feast a little more and and just thinking of that in the context of some of the things we said for 5779 in the new year where he talked about us occupying more fully this world that we've been given. And so much of the world, you know, we may not go to Indonesia. We may, but we may not. We may not go um, or get to ever talk to the president or to Congress or to um, this person we saw something happen to in the news, yet we can commune for them, which ultimately leads us to commune with them because we're, compassion is there and um, just we end up setting this feast. And so just looking at, you know, that what he said that we would, that true community carries a length, a width, a depth, and a span or time that most haven't experienced and how we can step into that um, a little more deeply in in these days ahead. And so one of the things um, the Lord's just been revealing is just uh, kind of had me go and define those four words, uh, which I do think each one is a point on the compass. Um that we get to delve deeper into, but just seeing these as when we were communing or we're bringing communion, we're adding an element or a dish of communion um, to someone else as we're praying and we're loving without expectation of them, but full of expectancy with the Lord of what he can do in 
you know, in this table, he set for them something they get to walk through, but also realizing this table is set for them, for us, before our enemies. So how we choose it, how we how we feast at that table, how we rest at that table, how we linger at that test, that table is a testimony even to the enemies, you know, of the Lord and what He's trying to do in our lives. And we never want to be that enemy in someone's life because we're saying, you know, we had our own um, picture of what something looked like. We always want to be ones that are setting the table even before Everything that would oppose that person and their journey and what they're walking through. So just quickly, and we'll, we'll have much more on this, but length, um, the Hebrew word uh, or definition, well, the word is orek, and it's O-R-E-K, <laughs> and it, it means forbearance. And I was really, it was forbearance and forevermore. And it does mean expanse, that kind of thing. But I was very intrigued for, for by forbearance because that can feel like just oh, making it all the way or lasting longer, that kind of thing. But it actually means to end strongholds. So when we go to the length of God, you know, when we go to that length of Him, we actually are ending a stronghold. And this word is actually... Oh. <laughs> uh, and it's on the app. <laughs> this word is on the app. It's part of the dimensions. So um, all of these, they all may tie, um, but we do have on the app the dimensions that Pa taught about so amazingly some time ago. <laughs> Sorry, he was showing me this, <laughs> trying to figure it out while I'm in a sentence. So, but forbearance, that word is used in Psalm 23, 6. So part of forbearance is this word length is used in surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's a description of length. And so surely his goodness or I know his goodness is hounding me like I can't get away from it no matter how far I go. His length ensures that I'm always hounded by his goodness. And when we have that understanding of his goodness, a stronghold is ended. And that's what forbearance is or length is. It's part of its definition. And so as we go explore the length of him for each other, we're, we're getting a largeness of understanding. Like So instead of information, it's revelation. And our understanding of what someone's walking through, which impacts what we're walking through, there's this vastness that comes to it. And then width is Rahab. And I think that one's in the app as well. No. Okay. So, um, and that means basically his direction. The width is his direction. And that that's described in Genesis six fifteen, And, um, so, um, it means to these, and also Genesis thirteen seventeen, where it just, it's talking about arising and walking in the land. And uh, Rohab, that word can also be used for depth. Like it, it really can describe both, but they have their own connotation. But so to, to be in the width of him or the Rohab is to walk in his direction, to go his way. And so 
um, just like was described in the garden, to walk in the land and um, to actually dwell in the place that he's assigned to us. And so to really always be walking in his direction or his will, his way. And then depth can be Rahab, uh, but it's also Metzalah, which is M-E-T-S-O-L-A-W, and it means passage. And that's used in Nehemiah 9-11, which basically speaks of remembrance. So we gain passage when we remember, when we remember him and then just what we walk through with communion so deepened that word to remember or to have remembrance for me. Um, but when we remember, as it talks about in Nehemiah 9-11, we gain passage and what we walk through is we go through to his loving kindness, like so to this fullness of him. And then um, span in Hebrew, which would also be time, is zareth. And my writing is bad. I think it's Z-E-R-E-T-H. And it, it basically speaks of how we grow and that our growth impacts everywhere else, everything around us. So it, that word also means to winnow or to disperse, like to harvest and disperse. And that's what the span or the time of covenant really is. Um, it's how we will fill more of the earth is when the ways we mature, the ways we grow will actually be harvested and dispersed throughout the world. And that's the span. That's what the fullness of span is. So I think it's just interesting to try to explore these in context of each other for a bit uh, before we try to save the world with it. We, we we just love each other with it and getting these uh, these directions for each other as we walk through the four covenants. Amen. Yes, yes. All right. Well, we are grateful for all of you. We sure and, are. And uh, we are excited for so many things ahead and, and really in a spot of kind of getting getting our stuff in order, our ducks in a row, <laughs> that kind of thing, so we can we can walk this fully with you. But we're we're grateful that you listen and and grateful for uh, any impact it has to any of you and, and for the encouragements uh, we receive from you. Thank you for those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It means a lot. Thank you so much when you write. Yeah. All right. Well we will talk to you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye.